Turn with me this morning to the second chapter of the book of Malachi. This, this book, this chapter, is addressed to the priest. They uh, were worshiping plenty hard, but in the wrong way. <laughs> That's a whole lot of what's going on around us today, seem like it is <clears throat> growing by leaps and bounds and I've been reminded for several weeks now of the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew <clears throat> when he said there'd be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in divers places and uh, false prophets he said many many false prophets had come They'd say uh, Christ is over here in the desert or he's over yonder there. And he said, go not with them. So, kind of come here in relation to that this morning in my thinking. And uh, I'm concerned that Things are not going too well for the people. And I don't know if that the Lord's just letting it go, letting people have their own way, as He has in the past. Or if something else going on, I'm not that smart if I knew that. <laughs> uh, it would be something... The 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, they're kind of wondering when the Lord is coming back again. And we wonder the same things today. And we're told to look at these things and what's, what's the answer to it? He said, look up. Look up. Always look up. In the 11th verse of this chapter, he said, Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved, Judah, which he loved, hath married the daughter of a strange God. One thing I think we need to overcome is when he talks about Judah and Jerusalem, he's not talking about the one we know over in the Middle East. He's talking about one in general, and it's always so in the Scripture throughout it. Same way with Israel or Jerusalem. He's, all, he's not talking about most of the time that old Jerusalem. But he's talking about spiritual things. And it's spiritually discerned, and it's spiritually committed 
And he uses these terms. They've married your daughter has married a strange God. Now we know for sure that in our day that a lot of what we know as religion today is married to a strange God. It's not one that we teach. And it's not one that's represented in the Bible. And we don't have to go too far to prove that. And he said the Lord will cut off the man that doeth this. Goes after a strange God. And the master of the, and the scholar out of the tabernacle of Jacob, they're going to be cut off. All the smart people. And him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts, no, not going to accept the offering. Because it's of a strange God. It's unto a strange God. And this have ye done again. It's not just done it one time, you're just doing it over and over. You keep on doing it. more I tell you, the more you do it. And you've done it again. Covering the altar of the Lord with tears and with weeping and with crying out insomuch that he regardeth not the offering any more. One place in the Scripture talks about them rending their face and, and making faces and, and cutting their self and, and doing all kinds of things, calling it worship. When it's not worship at all, it's self-satisfaction is what it is, not worship. So you've done it so much, not going to receive it anymore. Yet you say, Wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife, and the wife, who was, who was you married to? The wife of thy youth. <clears throat> against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Now the wife is a whole different situation. The wife that you took in her youth and in your youth. And now you've turned from it the most, the most sacred of rites and ceremonies that there is, is the marriage ceremony and it's tied to this and, and you've you've left that wife and gone off to strange gods looking unto them for help yet she is thy companion and the wife of thy covenant you made the covenant. It's binding. And did not he make one? Or have you separated yourself from this one that you took in her youth? And you have separated yourself from her? 
And did not I make one? Then he got the Lord said, Didn't I put one together? Yet had he the residue of the Spirit? And wherefore one? Is it not one? And you've taken the liberty to separate. You've taken the liberty to break this contract. You've taken the liberty to worship some other God beside the true God that he might seek a godly seed. That's the reason he made that union was he might seek a godly seed. What would come after it? It's like kind after kind. A horse is going to produce a horse. Everything else produces it comes after its own kind. That's what he was looking for, one after its own kind that was pure. Not crossbred, but a pure. He's looking for a godly seed. Therefore, take heed to your spirit. Try the spirit to see if it be true, if it be of God. And let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. For one covereth balance with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts, therefore take heed to your spirit, that ye deal not treacherously, you walking on bad ground. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied him? When we say, Every one that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? And that's kind of where I started a while ago. We kind of wonder sometimes. Well, what is the Lord letting letting happen? What is He letting take place? Where is He at? And sometimes we wonder that. Do you ever wonder you had fella down the road and you see he is so evil and so vile and so corrupt? And you look and you say, wonder why in the world the Lord leaves that fella here. But he does. Everything in its own good time. We put this together. Second Corinthians, the eleventh chapter. Verse 1, would to God, Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthians in his letter, would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. 
For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. This people that were converted under his preaching, he was jealous over. Nonetheless, is God jealous over his people? Equally so or more so. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. This made one, one, the bridegroom and the bride come together. But I fear. That's kind of what I was talking about here lately. I've been thinking it it seemed to me a fearful thing, the things that are going on in our day. And I say, look up. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled it even through his subtlety, that your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Why are you so soon removed? It's not a complicated thing. Trust God. Do these things and live. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we've not preached, or if you receive another spirit. Now I think this is important, this spirit. The devil's got a spirit also. And it's one that is, is uh, persuading and tempting. It looks so good. It's, a, it's like the angel of beauty. And it's always calling. He's, he's the busiest fellow out there. The old devil himself. And he's got a really nice gospel. All you have to do is just say, I believe. And call this phone number. And we'll help you and send you a Bible. Well, if he hadn't got into it yet, he don't need to call that number. If there hadn't been some Bible conviction... He don't need to call that number. But mainly they want they want to get him on the paying list. It's a business. It's a big business. Or another gospel. If he preaches another gospel than the one Paul said, I'll deliver to you. Which ye have not accepted. He might well bear with him. Just let him alone is what he's saying. Let him alone. Don't fool with him. He'll come up with all kind of excuses. i tell you this. If a man comes to you and he's seriously and he wants to know something about the gospel, stay with him. But if he's just wanting to know something out of curiosity, 
or something, he can go and tell the other fellow, why well, at least you said this and you said that. Be careful. But if he wants, really wants to know something, tell him what the hope is that lies within you, who God is. But I, I was looking at, I had the news on one day this week, on the TV, I was sitting there watching it, and this ad come on. And it was depicting Jesus Christ sitting up on a nightstand or something and talking to a lady laying in bed, waking up, look like. And uh, it's awful. It's an awful thing. And they were trying to pick, they made, had a picture there of somebody with long hair, and, and a beard and all this stuff. And, uh, boy, I just think, man, no fear, no fear, no fear. If you'd be involved in something like that, you better get away from it. No fear. First place, they don't have any idea what Christ looked like. You, you in... Mount Horeb, you saw no simulation to that. And then furthermore, don't go down and build you a God of nothing. <clears throat> Let it alone. There's all kind of false gods out there. They don't ever come they're trying to get you to come and join them. Book of Jeremiah, the third chapter. <clears throat> I guess verse 12, it said, Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful. He is a merciful God. And people that come to Him and follow after Him are merciful people. For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity. This is the one thing that you must do. That thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree, every little pleasant place. And ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. I've called you. Don't go astray. Don't go from your love. Because He is married unto you. And I will take you one of a city. Now, you, you take note of this thing. It's not going to be any great big thing. It's going to take you one of a city 
in two of a family, out of the family, just a couple of them. And I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, <clears throat> which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So it's going to be the Lord in, in, even Himself called Israel. He said, Oh, uh, you little worthless nation. So He wasn't looking for any big outpouring. He picked a little, little nation. He picked a little one. The least one. least one that He called His own. And that's the way it is today. The people of the Lord are the least out there. Just a remnant. Just a very few of us. You, you look about you. If you don't know something about the Lord, go to the church. They're the ones that the gospel is given to. It's not all these worldly things that's going on. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful in the book of Hosea. <clears throat> Hosea, the second chapter, verse 18. And in that day, I'll make a covenant them with the beast of the field and with the fowl of heaven and with creeping things in of ground of the ground. And I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of the earth and will make them to lie down safely. Now something to keep in mind. I don't think this is talking necessarily about the very last days like we like to think of it. But 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 the people of God is talking especially about them. Not the world. Not the whole thing. But the people of God. They're the ones that He's going to be taking care of. They're the ones that He's going to be leading. They're the ones that are going to have rest. They're the ones that can sit in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. It's not talking about the whole world. It's going to be in this kind of shape. But we we're drawn out from the world today. Come ye out from among them. Separate yourself from among them. So we're drawn out from those things in this little remnants here and there. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. That's the ones that he's calling out. Yea, I would betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness and thou shalt know the Lord.
and thou shalt know the Lord. No, no ifs and ands in it either. You don't say any anything here that's not positive. You shall know the Lord. If you follow on to know the Lord. But it is an ongoing thing. Do you think that we just in a short time we're going to learn the Lord? Oh no, he's too, he's, he's too much expanded from that. He's far above that. We could study here for a lifetime. We'd not fully know the Lord. Until the day that we see Him as He is, we'll not fully know Him. Verse 21, And it said, And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear. Saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth. It's all going to be in tune, finely tuned, and the earth shall hear the corn, and the wine, and the oil, and they shall hear just real. And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that hath not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people. And they shall say, Thou art my God. That's what they're going to say. They can't deny it. They're going to have to say it. Go ye and therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Don't have to say it. And they'll say, Thou art my God. In the book of Isaiah, y'all knew I might go there, didn't The 62nd chapter. Verse 1, he said, For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as a brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness. He's talking about you and I now. Righteousness in all kings, thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name. What might that name be? I think it means Christian, Christ-like. A new name, a new people, a new creation in Christ Jesus, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the land of the Lord, in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. What is he talking about there? I would say it must be the church that he loved and gave himself for. Husbands, love your wives. 
as the church did, as the Christ did the church and gave himself for it. That's the kind of love. That's the kind of, we're talking this morning about a marriage of the people of God unto the Lord. Married. Made one. Put together. A unity there. We all think, think the same things when it comes to Christ. <clears throat> then verse 3, Thou shalt be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Talking about the church. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken. No more. No more. Neither shalt thy land any more be termed desolate. Oh, we're going to inherit the land and it's going to be prosperous. It's going to give forth fruit. The psalmist said, And the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Our inheritance is great. It's good. And it's sure. I won't be termed desolate anymore. It's going to be one that's got a wife. But thou shalt be called Hezbollah, and thy land Beulah. Beulah land. You've heard of it. Beulah land. The land is married. The land is married unto the Lord. Beulah land. If man be in Christ Jesus today, that's where he lives. That's where his life is. Married. Married to the Lord. United with the Lord. Made one with the Lord. Held together by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ in thy land Beulah for the Lord delighteth in thee in thy land shall be married not the whole land now I said don't think in those terms he's talking about a certain land a certain people, a certain place, a certain inheritance, a certain marriage. One of the church married to the Lamb. And it's a holy, it's a holy matrimony. It's sacred. Not to be turned away from to be embraced even the more as we see the days approaching we need to embrace the marriage of the Lamb the great marriage feast is coming it's going to be a glorious day when all things are made new it'll be something won't it all these doubts and fears be passed. We won't have to worry about that anymore. In the book of Revelation, 
the 19th chapter. I guess verse 4 and said and the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne God that sat on the throne said Amen Hallelujah and a voice came out of the throne saying praise our God all ye servants servants and ye that fear him. It's another important thing. We, we've, I've talked about it before several times about I see a pickup truck run down the road and it got a sign on the back window that said, No fear. Boy, that's the worst thing I know of. You better fear. Ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of the mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah. For the God, Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of lamb is come. Now this is the last marriage. But there's been a marrying going on all time of the people to the Lord are made one with Him. It is come and His wife hath made herself ready. Talking about church now. And to her was granted that she built should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto her, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Don't look for any other. Don't look for any other. Don't listen for another. Turn away from that stuff. And then what happened? He said, I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. These things must be. They must be. Just like I was saying earlier, we, we wonder about things around us. 
But here's the answer. It must be. It must be. It's all in the power and destiny of God Almighty. He chooses our way. All we need to do is walk in it.